The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I think the very fact that I've chosen to take this risk and appear on CNN from from Evin Prison, it should just tell you how dire my situation has become uh, by this point. I've been a hostage for seven and a half years now. Um, that's six times the duration of the hostage crisis. I keep getting told um, that I'm going to be rescued uh, and deals fall apart or I get left abandoned. Um, honestly, the other hostages and I desperately need President Biden to finally hear us out, to finally hear our cry for help and bring us home. And I suppose desperate times call for desperate measures. Now, that said, the voice of a 51-year-old businessman, Sermak Namazi, who had been held for almost eight years in a notorious Iranian prison. Uh, he was one of five released by the Iranians yesterday in a, a complex uh, prisoner swap and uh, release of money deal. Scott Lucas, Professor of US Politics at the Clinton Institute at UCD, uh, joins me. Scott, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. Now, uh, this is an extraordinary thing because, uh, you know, you're watching the telly and you're always told, don't uh, negotiate, don't give in to hostage demands. So here we have five Iranians being released from American prisons, five uh, prisoners, one with British uh, nationality as well, being released by the Iranians. But the release also of six billion dollars of Iranian money for the Iranians to use. Yes, Pat. And I think, you know, let's start from those facts um, that on the one side, you're talking about uh, the Iranians using these political prisoners as leverage. Uh, These five happen to have American passports. There are other foreign and dual nationals still in Iran. Indeed, there are U.S. permanent residents who are still in Iranian prisons. Uh, There's a German national who's a U.S. permanent resident who's facing death there. So this is an ongoing situation. You might even call it, and I hate this term, but some will use it, hostage diplomacy. On the other hand, uh, this is Iranian money. These are Iranian royal revenues that have been held up for years in South Korea. The Iranians have argued that there's no reason for those funds uh, not to be released. And so what the deal is doing is, is that it's finally giving Iran the $6 billion, but it is being held Uh, to start off with in the Gulf, in Gulf states. It will be overseen, uh, I believe, in Qatar uh, and will be released only for humanitarian purposes, for medicine and for food. There are some who argue that that still rewards the Iranians because it means they can divert money they would use for medicine and food within their country and so use it for military purposes. But I think just on the surface, this idea was, look, these, these people... In some cases, like Siamak Namazi, had been held in an Iranian prison for eight years, and it was time to try to get them home. Now, the, the fact that they're releasing the Iranians' own money to them, I mean, there may have been an ethical dilemma about hanging on to that money anyway. The South Koreans got the oil, they burnt the oil, one proposes, and uh, one supposes, and, and they didn't pay for the oil. Well, I mean, this, this comes back to the whole question, which is about sanctions and about the ongoing tortured negotiations about a deal over Iran's nuclear program. Um, again, the facts are that the 2015 uh, nuclear agreement that regulated Iran's nuclear program 
the United States, the Trump administration walked away from it at the end of 2018. The Iranians have effectively ripped the deal apart by enriching uranium up to 60%, which is very close to getting it to military grade. <clears throat> the Iranians have refused to release video of their nuclear facilities to the International Atomic Energy Agency, and they have just, in recent days, blocked one-third of the inspectors of the IEA. So both sides, um, but especially Tehran right now, are holding off on trying to get a resolution over the nuclear program. And until you get a resolution over the nuclear program, you will have these American sanctions and they will hold up Iranian assets abroad, even if the $6 billion in South Korea has been released. So do we know how much more is held in Western banks, uh, which belongs to the Iranians? Billions, billions of dollars, Pat. So, yeah, I'm not sure the exact amount and, you know, estimates can vary. Uh, certainly the Iranians focused on the South Korea pot because it was quite large. It was quite noticeable. But there's still billions of dollars out there. Mm. And perhaps more importantly, the Iranians, as long as we do not have a settlement on the nuclear program, are restricted from carrying out international business. They cannot use the international transaction systems like SWIFT. Uh, that badly affects their trade with Europe, for example. And so, yes, we we almost have this. I would since early 2022, just to put it bluntly, we were very close to a nuclear deal then and the Iranians backed away. And what we have seen is they've taken a tough line over the past 18 months. And as long as they continue to take a tough line, the Supreme Leader's Office and the Revolutionary Guards, then we will go round and round of this talk of is it the Americans' faults over the sanctions? Is it Iran's fault because it possibly could move, be moving to a military program with its nuclear capabilities? Mm. Meantime, of course, um, the Iranians were supplying the Russians uh, with uh, drone technology and multiple drones, which were certainly used in the earlier part of this year um, and maybe still are by the Russians. So uh, they haven't endeared themselves to those who would support Ukraine. Exactly right. And, you know, that's further complicated any type of talks because we're not we're talking now probably in the area of thousands of Iranian what are called kamikaze drones uh, that are used almost on a daily basis to attack Iranian cities, quite often hitting uh, Ukrainian civilian sites, killing uh, hundreds of Ukrainian civilians uh, in recent months. And the Iranians are not stopping. The fact is, not only are they delivering these drones to the Russians, they are helping the Russians uh, develop a drone factory inside Russia to build like replicas or, or versions of these drones there. So the Iranian foreign ministry puts its hands up and says, oh, no, how can you accuse us? You know, we haven't done anything. Fact is, every time there's a drone attack and you see fragments of these Shahed kamikaze drones, you know that Iran is involved in Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And again, as long as it's involved in that Russian invasion, it makes it more difficult to get a resolution of other issues. Scott Lucas, Professor of U.S. Politics at the Clinton Institute at UCD. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.